a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Everyone, welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Helen Hong. What a great, great crowd. How are you, Helen? I'm very well, J. Keith. Uh, I went to the dentist recently. Oh. And I discovered that I'm grinding my jaws so hard that I might need to Botox my face muscles. <laughs> yeah, fun fact so about me. So you're well? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> wait, so I, under I understand about the grinding. I, I, I have that issue as well. Yes. They, say, they say creative geniuses tend to grind. Ah. You agree? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Why don't they understand Lynched. me? So my yeah. teeth are constantly yeah, clenched. Yeah. I, I have not been uh, proposed the Botox solution. Yeah, apparently, because I've been complaining about this to my dentist for like a few years now, and he's he, he's a very nice man, but his his suggestion has always been just stop grinding. <laughs> and I was like, dude. He's got a point in a way. Buddy, right? yeah. you're not helping yeah. me. And I do it uh, very aggressively in my sleep. And it's, it's just, a, it's now starting to cause me pain and stuff and affecting the shape of my face. Guys, I have a yoked face. My, <laughs> that is where all my muscles are built in my face. Uh, well, g good luck, I guess. Yeah, or? so next time, maybe next time on our next uh, taping, I might be talking very relaxedly. Yeah. I won't See be if you can get me some of that. That sounds good. <laughs> Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest, Helen, who is up first. She is an award-winning comedian and writer for Busy Tonight on E! It's Jenny Yang! Jenny Yang! Jenny Yang! Sprinting! Oh, what an entrance! Sprinting! Just Both hands up. Always so energetic. <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm, Jenny. I'm actually overcompensating right now because I'm hungover and I already worked a day. <laughs> so. Uh, I understand that you and Helen know each other. We do, just from the stand-up comedy Asian-American circles. Yes, Jenny yeah. produces this wonderful uh, comedy festival every year called... Uh, Co the Comedy Comedy Festival, colon a comedy festival mm -hmm. as well. <laughs> As well, and <laughs> it's a fantastic, and it's here in downtown LA. Yeah. And it's fantastic, and if you don't know about it, look it up and go support. Yay! Yay! Uh, you had an interesting path into stand-up comedy. Yeah. You, your background is in uh, political justice and organizing, and tell, about, tell us about that. Yeah, so I was a recovering overachiever since I was little. Mm -hmm. So I was like student government nerd, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna be a leader. And so yeah, I majored in poli sci, I went to urban planning grad school. I, it was a foregone conclusion that I would work in politics, and I did that at first. And then I was like, this is hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had not been warned about that? <laughs> this is hard and stressful, and not as creatively fulfilling as other things could be. And so I decided to pick another hard career, comedy. <laughs> right. Wait, when you say a foregone conclusion, you would go into politics, you mean be a politician? Or, um, what or did, like what exactly? Working for a politician, or what I did was I worked for a labor union. Mm -hmm. So I worked for um, a labor union that represented public employees here in Southern California. When you were doing your political activist work, I bet you were like the most fun 
because you just have a great fun oh, thing and you're you. very funny and you're quick on the fly and thank you're, just, you. you're exuberant all the time oh. and I bet you were like and was that part of the reason why you were like people are like you're so funny Jenny I, I have always had people say I was funny but like it was because I used to actually perform poetry I know, it's weird. I used to perform poetry down here, um, either really sad, tear-drinking stuff because, you know, you're like young and have issues, and, or it's like funny stuff, and so, yeah. But no, I was very serious. Like, I was like lobbying LA County Board of Administration with like a power suit. Wow. It was very serious. It was like, I was not cracking jokes. Are your Asian parents, uh, like how do they feel about both careers that you've had? Um, honestly, like, I don't know if any of you are immigrants or, like, children of immigrants. Like, yeah, when you're the... Yeah, raised. Yeah, like, like, I came when I was five, and I have two older brothers, and I literally was the fastest to, like, get acculturated and learn English. So I don't know if you know this, but when you do that, you become, like, an early translator, and that shifts the power. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, I was asked to do a lot of things, and, you know, honestly, I was a good kid, so they trusted me. Like, I was able to handle a lot of business when I was Did little. Did you ever abuse the power of translation to make it more in your favor? No, I was so what? good. I know, I'm such a good kid, you guys. That's why I'm a comedian. <laughs> love this me, is, love me. This is why I have to act out now. I get paid <laughs> to act out now. Paying you to act out now is uh, the show Busy Tonight on E. Yes. And, have uh, a cable, please, cable. We need cable su subscribers. Like, <laughs> apparently all my friends don't have cable. And I'm like, watch me. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you are not just a writer on the show. You're actually sort of part of the cast. You're a performer. Yes, that's so, right. Is that something you knew going in that you'd be on camera? Definitely. Because, um, you know, as much as we're primarily writers, mm -hmm. a lot of us are performers. Mm -hmm. And so there's three of us. You were always sitting in the front row chiming in. And all female, I couldn't help but notice. I noticed too, I know. <laughs> no, it's really beautiful. I, uh, you know, Busy is such an amazing voice and she really wanted to introduce other people, you know, um, into her platform and mm -hmm. I'm so great, grateful. That's really cool. Now one of the videos that you guys did uh, recently went viral. It was where she took her staff to go bra shopping. Yes, that is something that we've done. We do some field pieces together yeah. and she like took us to this fancy Jeanette bras where like it's like, you know, decupping up. No big deal. Um, <laughs> And um, I would be out. <laughs> yeah. I would be out of that segment. And we tried on bras and we did fittings and we learned a thing called a swoop and scoop. Like what you think might be back fat might just be your breast and you just scoop <laughs> it to the front. <laughs> so wow. many Wh tips. What a relief for me. <laughs> FYI, ladies, what yeah. you think is ugly back fat could right. in fact be just your breast. Wow. Who uh, knew? To the back. Yeah. It just took a little stroll. <laughs> you had to just bring it back to the front. You just, it just needs a little corralling. Yeah. yeah, you just swoop and scoop it. Swoop and scoop it. Yeah. Why do you think that uh, that struck a chord with so many people? Because it was so affirming and because you never see this kind of stuff. Like, we are a late night talk show in a sea of Jimmy's. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> as much as, you know what I mean? Like, as much as we love them, we're putting on content that most people don't think about as late night talk show content, including stuff that's about the stuff that we care about as women, perhaps, right? I love that. Yeah, and it just, I just love that. Like, I don't know, right? No. Uh, last thing I want to ask is, uh, Helen introduced you as an award-winning comedian. Now, the oh, award God. that you won, I have to ask you about this, was yes. not for comedy, it was for, for your other work. I mean, somewhat comedy. Okay, well, it's tell like, us about the award you won where you got to go to the White House. So in 2016, under the Obama administration, I got an award called the Asian Pacific Islanders Leadership in Art and Storytelling. And so we got to, I got to shake Obama's hand before he left Yo. office. <laughs> Yo, she met Obama. And it's so weird because like every person who heard about this, the first thing they would say to me is, what does he smell like? <laughs>
I didn't think to ask, but since you brought it up, what does he smell like? I couldn't smell him. I wasn't cuddling with him. <laughs> but well, his handshake was firm yet supple. I'm just saying. Wow. That's yeah. a really hard combination to strike. We cover the hard-hitting opinions here. <laughs> We're so happy to have Miss Jenny Yang. Yay! Thank you for having me. Helen, against whom will Jenny be playing tonight? He is an actor, comedian, writer, and member of the classic sketch comedy group Kids in the Hall. It's Scott Thompson! Scott Thompson! <laughs> Scott! Jenny is bowing down. Scott's coming over to shake hands and kiss. Very polite Aww. and nice. I didn't shake hands with Helen. I already made out with her earlier. <laughs> you already know what her I, hands are like. I'm Canadian. If I didn't, it would get back to the country. <laughs> and, and they would, they would shame me. <laughs> we di you didn't shake everyone's hand, Scott. I know. I'm sorry. You're, in a, you're recalled to Parliament. Sorry. That's, I'm is sorry. that a Canadian story? That's right. And I'm the Canadians sorry. can hear it through the podcast, which oh, is what's know, amazing. They know what know. every Canadian down here is doing. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> William Shatner would have shook everyone's hand. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kids in the Hall, I, I was surprised to learn this, was already a group that was performing when they added you. And I crashed it, basically. <laughs> I went yeah. to a midnight show. There were eight of them at the time. And I was very young. I was just starting out. And they had donuts underneath all the seats. And I thought, oh, this is like a midnight show. And I thought, oh, they probably need these donuts for a bit. I'm going to ruin the bit. <laughs> So I took all the donuts and I whipped it at them what? during the show. Yeah. I just had to be noticed because I went, they need me. And I did. And then I went to them. And they said, you're the asshole that threw donuts at us. And I go, yes, and I will eventually be in your group. It was a calculated risk. Like most people would have not, would have said, this guy, keep him away from us. We need like a restraining order. Yeah. But they went, this guy's nuts. We need this. And I had a bag of wigs. So. Oh, that's. It, wow, amazing. it was the bag of wigs, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Scott, that was, that, that's so un-Canadian of you to throw I, I, that's donuts. What, that's, I, I'm not very Canadian. Like, I'm, That's why I'm here. Like, I, I perform Canadianness. <laughs> you pass? Yes, you yes, pass. yes. For Canadian. But, uh, it, you know, Canada's a very... Canada's a very um, uh, it, it's a country that likes to keep everything uh, quiet, and, and I kind of stick out, so I right. came down here where you're allowed to stick out. Right. Yeah. They, they like it here. We do. We like it very I, which much. I, I like that. Uh, Buddy Cole is a character that you've been doing for a long time. I have, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, did that precede Kids in the Hall, or was that developed after you joined? It, it, it was above the same time. Mm -hmm. I was basically, I, was, I, I thought I was going to be a regular actor, like just like a serious actor who was mm -hmm. funny on talk shows, and then it wasn't happening <laughs> at all. And uh, so I just, my friend got a video camera. This is back in the, this is a long time ago, back in the mid-80s, when the beginning of the video camera revolution. Sure. And so he just started shooting stuff, and then one day I said, just put the camera on me. And I came up with this voice, and I just started doing it. And I just started talking, and I haven't stopped. And, and you're still performing I still per I do a show, show right now called A Prelude Deluge, which means After the Flood. Uh, I could call it, put it in English, but it's more pretentious to put it in French. <laughs> and Buddy's pretty pretentious. Yeah. Has the character changed over the years? Not one iota. <laughs> wow. Not a, not a jot. Like, nothing. He's learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> but that's, that's what my, comedy is like. This is my yeah. theory. Comedy, comic characters don't learn. 
classic comic, that's why we laugh at them, right. because right. they don't learn. Dramatic characters learn. Comic characters don't have arcs. Mm. Yeah. We try to put that in, we think we can do that, but no, they shouldn't <laughs> learn. <laughs> Forever flawed. Yeah. Forever yeah. flawed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's doing my part not to learn. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's... speaking of dramatic uh, characters as well, you were recording on Hannibal for a yeah. long time yeah. as well. I was, yeah. But I played, I was, I was the coroner. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like to, did you like having to uh, uh, mix in professional jargon and medical stuff? Uh, I did. I thought it was a real challenge to take all this stuff that made no sense to me yeah. and, to, and, and to find a way to say it that was um, uh, interesting yeah. and amusing and, and yet also understandable. Okay. So I found that a really interesting job and I found it very interesting to take a show that was so dark mm -hmm. And to take my character, and, and with Aaron Abrams, we were like, I yeah. guess, sort of comic relief to inject kind of bubbles into a very dark beer. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, you uh, have the best visuals. Yeah. Did you learn what these terms meant, or yes. you just made sure that they Yes, I took okay. a course with the FBI. Really? Um, so I had to learn basic techniques, and I can take a fingerprint off of, I could take a fingerprint off of a soap bubble. Wow. But I still can't handle a gun. <laughs> like... I still... When I, There's that Canadian again. No, I mean, yeah. when I... I was like, what do I do with this? Yeah. I was very Charlie's Angels, like, you know, freeze, sucker! <laughs> yeah. You know, but your hair looked great. It was, oh, yeah. it was very feathered and everything. I was very Kelly. I was Kelly. Uh, and I was the center angel. <laughs> Let's give a nice hand to both of our panelists, Jenny Yang and Scott Thompson. Uh, all right, we have asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel is some expertise. Jenny, you said you know a lot about L.A. city planning, social justice leaders, and Taiwanese food. Yummy. Whereas, Scott, you said you know a lot about James Dean, keeping up with the Kardashians, <laughs> and condiments. <laughs> oh, those three again. <laughs> Uh, later on, we'll ask you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to take away some of those points. Your topics today, on the water and under the ground. First up is Jenny with On the Water. Jenny, your question comes from a listener, Julian Burrell of Los Angeles, California. And by listener, he's also the editor of this show. <laughs> Julian. He has listened to a lot of shows. Hello, Julian. Thanks for making us sound so good. I have a feeling this segment will be the longest of the show. Uh, uh, all right, your question is this. Jenny, they both float on water, but what is the difference between a cruise ship and an ocean liner? <gasps> a cruise ship and an ocean liner. Is that a gasp of, re of recognition? I think a cruise ship and an ocean liner, the difference is size. Is size. All right, we've got Jenny's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct. Scott, if you don't think she's got it exactly right, you can steal. I, I think, you think the difference is that a cruise ship mm -hmm. um, stays in inland seas and does not cross the ocean, and an ocean liner actually is equipped to cross the major oceans like the Atlantic and the Pacific. All right, well, this segment needs to return to port, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. An ocean liner is a passenger ship that's designed to begin and end in different ports from point A to point B like when you take on a transatlantic voyage starting in Europe and ending in the U.S. A cruise ship is a passenger ship that's designed to begin and end in the same port, from point A back to point A, like when you take that starts in Los Angeles, 
goes to Mexico and brings you back to Los Angeles. That's right. Now, the first cruise ships began as retired ocean liners, and eventually companies realized that if they weren't making such difficult journeys, they could build ships that were lighter, lower in the water, and had swimming pools and elevators. Uh, what does that mean as far as our points go, Helen? I think Scott maybe gets one point. Really? I don't even know if I get really, It's really up to you. <laughs> yeah. It's up to you. I feel we're guilty. We're both like zero. I think we were both... Yeah, you know what? I don't I, want. Yeah. I, it feels like that would be like a blood point, and I, I think yeah. it would haunt me to my dying day. I'm I don't not, want your dirty pity points. I'm not gonna lie. I, I think both of you, bo- yeah, bombed out on that. All one. right, no points in that one. No points in that one. Applause for no points. That's not something we hear very often. Yeah. I learned something. No points. Uh, all right, up next in on the water and under the ground, Scott with under the ground. Scott, they both make sure that you can't get out. But what is the difference between a casket and a coffin? A casket and a coffin. Jenny's mind is blown, apparently, but it is Scott's turn to go. Scott, what's your best guess? One's for vampires and one's for (laughs) humans. Uh, I think. No, no, we're not talking about ocean liners again. We're talking about no, no. no oh, you're no, right, because ocean yeah, liners. Yeah. When when yeah. Dracula came and he, an and he liner, went into yeah. the into the dock that time. That's right. It was uh, I was on a cruise liner, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, I'd say uh, the difference is that a coffin is something you use to display the body, but a casket is something that you actually bury the body in. Oh, very, very interesting. Perhaps correct, perhaps not guess. Uh, we have Scott's answer. We don't know yet if he is correct. Jenny, what do you think? I think a coffin has a hinged cover and a casket does not have a hinged cover. Oh, a very different guess from Jenny. Wow. I think we, because of, of what I said, they, yeah. we could both be right is what I have a feeling here. You could both be right. I just made shit up. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, it is time for this segment to be buried. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Caskets are rectangular in shape. Coffins are usually hexagonal or six-sided. They are also wider at the top than at the bottom. That's right. And the reason for the tapered shape of a coffin was actually to save money on wood because you use less wood when it's tapered. Uh, Most funerals these days use a casket because people aren't as cheap as they used to be, I guess. Uh, Helen, what does that mean as far as our points go? I'm going to say zero points. I'm going to say Amazing. Although I have to say, those were both very interesting guesses. If only we awarded points for interesting. Uh, Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Jenny Yang has zero points and Scott Thompson has zero points. Yes. We could not have a closer game. Those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. This is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We're talking about how the creative process is in itself an art form, in our opinion. There are underlying forms and structures that serve as a scaffolding for any creative endeavor. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. New episodes will be coming every other Monday. Starting January 28th. So please Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey, Helen, remember on a previous show when we talked about Scott Langtoe? You mean the author of the new book for middle schoolers called Bullied, available at ShakeTheMoonBooks.com? 
you could have just said yes, but um, yeah, that guy. Uh, well, guess what? He also was the producer of some big-time video games like the Call of Duty and Medal of Honor franchises. Ooh, and he writes children's books? Yeah, and this year is the 10th anniversary of his first book called Sofa Boy, about the perils of video game addiction. Wait, he's a video game producer who wrote a book telling kids not to play video games? Well, not exactly. It's more like reminding them that there's a whole world off the sofa. It's fun and funny and also macabre and twisted and gross in a Tim Burton kind of a way. And for the 10th anniversary, there's a new addition. Why? Let's just say the first book had game controllers with cords, so uh, it needs a little updating for today's technology. Am I right, guys? <laughs> cords. <laughs> anyway, now's the perfect uh, time to get that book for the little gamer in your life, or the big gamer. Lots of grown-ups buy it for their game-crazy partners. Can you get the book at shakethemoonbooks.com or Amazon and other retailers? What a very specific question, Helen. Mm -hmm. Guess what the answer is? Yes, yes you, you can. can. That's Sofa Boy by Scott Langto at shakethemoonbooks.com. Thanks, Thanks Sofa, Sofa Boy. Boy. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Jenny Yang with zero points and Scott Thompson with zero points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Holland. Thank you, everybody. Jenny, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about LA city planning, social justice leaders, and Taiwanese food. Let's learn a little bit more about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about LA city planning. Um, I used to, right out of college, I basically went into grad school in urban planning here at UCLA. And uh, woohoo, Bruins. Um, yeah, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I forgot most of it probably, but at one point I probably knew a lot. What were, what were some of your favorite things to learn about city planning? I did like a lot about um, histories and theories of urban planning. Mm -hmm. Key architects, sort of like movements of how the built environment was shaped. Mm -hmm. Right, given sort of our social needs. I really like that. Mm. All right. Uh, you also said you know a lot about social justice leaders. Um, I used to work in the social justice movements, so that's basically what that's about. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to think I know a lot about them. I never studied them hardcore, but mm -hmm. you know, you kind of learn a lot through osmosis when you like fraternize with socialists. <laughs> <laughs> Which used to be a criticism of a candidate. Now, know. now who knows? Uh, you also said you know a lot about Taiwanese food. I, I was born in Taiwan, and I grew up eating it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are some of your favorites? Oh, gosh. Uh, beef noodle soup is really delicious. Mm -hmm. um, I also love uh, scallion pancakes. Mm. I love Taiwanese breakfast, which involves uh, sort of hot... Uh, soy milk and this cruller that's like a long not sweet donut that's wrapped inside another kind of pastry so it's like carb in carb what wow you, I had, know. you had me at the first carb but yeah. <laughs> add the second carb and I'm in and then you and you dip it in the soy milk <gasps> I know yummy delicious. what is that called um, in Chinese it's uh, you tiao and sao bing all right, that sounds delicious. I love that your Instagram your Instagram features a lot of what you're eating, and yes. there's a lot of there's always a good Taiwanese food presence on your Instagram, and I appreciate it, and it's very drooling, drool worthy. Hashtag Asians taking pictures of food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's delicious. A that's a great hashtag. Uh, all right, so to summarize, Jenny Yang, you told us you know a lot about LA city planning, social justice leaders, and Taiwanese food. Today we want to quiz you about LA city planning. Oh God. <laughs> You, this is, just strap in, it's going to hurt. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, now, what is it about L.A. city plan uh, that you find uh, so interesting? What I find fascinating is that people don't know what the city of Los Angeles is, hmm. right? When we say L.A., it could mean anywhere down to Orange County, right? Or it could be 
downtown Miracle Mile-ish. Mm -hmm. um, and people don't know that technically, the city of LA, if you see how it's drawn, looks like a squid. <laughs> if you've seen it, it looks like a squid. And, and that was planned that way? It was planned that way. There's always a historical reason. Like, for example, you know, um, the, the L.A. City runs down the Harbor Freeway, as we call it, the 110 Freeway, to connect to the harbor, the port. Because we, oh. wanted, we wanted San Pedro and the port. Right. And then it's like, the freeway is L.A. But on either side, it's Carson. It's, mm. you know, it's oh, the southeast Because we cities. didn't want those other bits. No, we didn't want to care. <laughs> but we wanted the port. Exactly. So, oh, we so gerrymandered it. Yes. We, basically, we gerrymandered the city, uh, the city limits. Wow. So, you know, once you go to the west, like Venice Beach. Venice is a part of L.A. City, even right. though we call it Venice. But Santa Monica is its own, just like, municipality. Right. It's, it's complicated. Yeah. So having studied city planning, do you see the city differently when you're traveling in different parts of it? Oh, for sure. And um, all the cities, because we study all the major cities, mm -hmm. right? You know, we learn about things about how, like, certain, there's traffic calming measures that help to slow traffic down that you might not notice, but that works on you psychologically in the built environment. That's really fun. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, when you have, like, um, canopies, like tree canopies hanging over, it slows people down naturally. What? Oh. Yeah, or when you see at, like, say, maybe Pasadena or, like, smaller cities nearby, they'll have, like, you know, walkways for intersections that are, like, in brick or painted a certain way, when it's more visible, it actually encourages cars to not drift into that area as much. Huh. Stuff when, like that. And when, when you see those wow. electric scooters, it makes you want to speed up and, and hit those them. guys. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Especially when they're throwing their little scooters off oh. in oh, the sidewalks. I hate that. I'm, I'm, I'm pro scooter, but I hate when the people leave them on the sidewalk. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. It's a plague. Only three cities of listeners know what we're talking I about. Know. <laughs> uh, well, just ahead, Jenny, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in L.A. city planning to test your mastery in the subject with our expert level question worth up to three points. But first, to let you show your love off, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're a total of two hints for any of these five questions. Now, Scott, do listen closely because if Jenny answers any of these incorrectly, you know the correct answer. You can steal. Scott, by the way, how much do you know about the city planning of Los Angeles? Oh, I, I, so much. Okay. I mean, it's it's really my my great love. That's why you moved a lot here, of wasn't it? Don't know yeah. that. That's but I didn't move here for Hollywood. I moved here to see the great city planning. The, yeah, the great. I, in fact, I call it Squiddy planning. I mean, that, that's. I mean, I knew all about that. Yeah. I pretended I didn't know, but I mean. I know well, you are you're get ready to pounce. I'm sure you're just very excited. All right, here is question number one for Jenny Yang about city planning in Los Angeles. Jenny, in 1915, the size of the city of Los Angeles nearly doubled when what area surrounded by mountains was annexed? San Gabriel Valley? Helen, is that correct? That is not correct. No, I'm sorry. Oh. Not exactly correct. So Scott it, with a chance to steal. Is it Rivendell? Is it Rivendell? It is not Rivendell. No, no. <laughs> You were very close. As much as Fernando. the elves would be, would love yeah. that. It's the San Fernando Valley. It's the San Fernando yeah, Valley. You knew it. Got a little excited other. there. Sorry. I know. Uh, sorry about that, but let's see if we you both can both got excited. Back. But yeah. elves call that it was Rivendell. Yeah. Elves refer to the Sacramento Valley as Rivendell. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I know that. I just yeah. know okay. that. Just, I'm good. not going to fight it, but I know it's It true. was very nice of you to let Jenny yeah. you know, I tried. Yeah. It's one of the valleys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's see if we can bounce back with question <sighs> number two. In the United States, most of the land is used for agriculture, but in the city of Los Angeles, 56% of the land is used for what purpose? Housing? Helen? That is correct. That's right, residences. Oh, oh dear residences. God, dear God. Wow. I got one point. Oh. Yeah. That's right, residences. In fact, 44% uh, are for single-family residences. All right, here's question number three. Until 2014, LA's distinctive skyline had been majorly influenced by a requirement that all buildings taller than 75 feet have flat roofs. Why was this required? You do have a hint available if you'd like a hint. Oh, give me a hint. Helen, how about that first hint? <laughs> Oh, 
because they needed helicopters to have clearance. Helen? That's correct. We'll get that oh, too. Jesus. Yeah, helicopters for helicopters. Um, you know, I dropped out of UCLA grad school, right? <laughs> I dropped out of urban planning. Um, can I get props for that hint? Yeah, by the way, yeah. nice hint. I mean, excellent. I work. have never made a helicopter sound with my mouth in yes. my life, and and yet. This is great. Hashtag helicopter. <laughs> he said it. I didn't. He said it. I didn't. Uh, fun fact: a regulation dating to 1974 required that taller buildings have helicopter landing pads to allow for air rescues in case there was a fire. Oh. But the regulation was eliminated because uh, the institution of more effective fire safety techniques uh, and uh, that, like that. That's great. <laughs> more of a Love fact it. than a fun fact, but it's interesting. <laughs> but yes, it was for. Just to be clear, it was, it was for helipads. For helipads on the oh, flat helipads. roofs. Okay. All right, here's question number four. In 1913, a 250 mile long aqueduct was completed to transport water to the city of Los Angeles from the Owens Valley, located at the foot of the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Who designed this system? Oh God. You do have another hint available if you'd like. Okay, to use another, another hint. hint. Ellen, how about that second hint? There's a mountain road named for him and a David Lynch movie named for that road. Mulholland? That is correct. That is correct, oh, William Mulholland. I need these hints bad. <laughs> yeah, but you're getting them right. You're, you're using them. You are out of hints, so let's see how you do in okay. question number five. Oh, dear. <laughs> In recent years, LA homeowners on R1 and R2 parcels have a new option to add a unit to their property. What is the more colloquial term for this auxiliary dwelling unit, or ADU? Um, Multi-purpose? Helen? That is not correct. Not correct. Right. Scott with a chance to steal. Uh, we call, I don't know what to call them here, but in Canada we call them granny huts. Helen? That is correct. We're going to give that to you, yeah. Oh! Nice. Yeah. So, Scott with a successful steal. So they call it that too. Granny flat yeah, or, a, or yeah, a mother-in-law. A granny flat or granny hut. Nice. Yeah. We're, here we call them either granny flats, a granny pod, mother-in-law units, yeah. an in-law okay, apartment, here. a casita, a carriage unit, an ohana unit. Oh. Yes. Many I options. I am so glad I'm a comedian now. <laughs> <laughs> Helen did not get a chance to give her hint in that one, and I know she wanted to. Helen, if there had been a hint available, what would that hint be? I want to live with my family. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> we know what Available we're doing here. for a casting opportunity. Yes, exactly. <laughs> as an old lady. All right, Jenny, you did pretty well in that, but now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. Oh, it is time dear. for your cluster fact. The question is so fact. high level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The answer is worth up to three points. <gasps> As we talked about before, Los Angeles is known for its many freeways. So for up to three points, what was the first freeway built in L.A.? What was the most recent freeway built in L.A.? And name one of the freeways that was proposed by the Regional Planning Commission in 1947, but never built due to community opposition. Ah, the first freeway is the 110 freeway. Um, the second, what's the one? The uh, second What was question? the most recent freeway built oh, in L.A.? Oh, the most recent freeway was... The 105 mm -hmm. freeway. And then the third question? The third is one of the freeways that was proposed by the Regional Planning Commission in 1947, but was never built due to community opposition. There was a freeway um, around Pasadena that they really wanted to do, but there's always been a stall. Do you know what that was called, maybe? Well, the 710, is, it ends. The, seven, so maybe the 710 freeway ends, and okay. I think they wanted to connect it to the 134 at some point. So like an extension, maybe, yeah, of the 710. Yeah, that's the best I could come up with. Okay. Yeah. I think that's very well thought out, Jenny Yang. 
Helen has taken note of your answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is a city planner who is the community liaison for the City of Los Angeles Department of City Planning. It's Dylan Sittig. Dylan Sittig. Hello, everybody. Welcome, Dylan. Thank you. Now, you also studied at UCLA, I understand. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, who are your favorite professors? Maybe you guys know people in common. Yeah, what kind of classes did you take? Um, I took Getz Wolf's sectoral analysis. Me too. Of course. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's how I learned how to do research in labor markets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Jackie Lovett, community yeah. planning. She wasn't there when I was there. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, Getz's classes like work 24-7 yeah. every yeah. single night, yeah. every single Now you quarter. decided not to become a comedian after no. studying uh, yeah. UCLA. Why is that? Uh, you know, I, it just didn't cross my mind. Okay. <laughs> but I love it. You know, there's, there's a lot of overlap for now, sure. Now aside from studying at UCLA, how do you become a CD planner? Uh, you just have to be interested in kind of what the future of the city can be uh, and kind of how people can work together to kind of improve their city and make sure that people have options for housing, options for jobs, and a lot of choices to get around different mobility options and everything like that. And kind of as, you, as you're espousing, a lot of just kind of passion for the, the future and the city and, and, a, and a hopefulness, I think, is something that I picked up from what you were saying earlier. You're so good. He yeah, is good, yeah. <laughs> now tell us a little bit about the planning department in Los Angeles and how it differs maybe from other cities? Yeah, so uh, just this past year or so, uh, the city planning department for the city of Los Angeles, we became the largest planning department in the nation. Mm. Um, so we have a new directive from the mayor as well as the city council members to update all of our community plans, these long-range vision documents for the city by the year 2024. Um, so we're really pushing really hard to finish all those plan updates. It's a long process that involves a lot of community outreach, a lot of stakeholder engagement, as well as environmental analysis and other types of kind of review like that, um, but update all that for the entire city of, of about 4 million people uh, by the year 2024. So right now we're updating about 40% of our geography of our city, uh, so that's why we really want people to come out and be involved in this update. Kind of tell us your ideas for the future of the city, um, you know, thinking about where housing should go, where jobs should go, where commercial areas should be, and how people can move around between those spaces. And how can people get, that, uh, get their ideas to you? Yeah, so uh, we have a website, planning.lacity.org, and of course we're on social media at planning, the number four, and then LA, so that's planning for LA. Mm -hmm. uh, and through that we try to, you know, reach out to people and do a lot of engagement. Just earlier today we were at the Ciclavia event mm -hmm. here in downtown, we had a booth and we were able to talk to hundreds of people kind of about what they want the future of their city to be. Do you have anything to do with the cougars that live here? Yeah, we're studying uh, opportunities for wildlife corridors to make sure that there are oh, opportunities. Oh, I thought you were talking about, yeah. about women. Yeah, oh. I kind of did too. No. <laughs> I was like, uh, that's a strong... Yeah. No, I'm I was like, we didn't study cougars at UCLA. Yeah. No, I'm fast as a New Yorker, as yeah. a native New Yorker. When I moved here, I found it fascinating that we have, like, it's it, there's so much wildlife in, right. in, within the city of Los Angeles that we have, like, cougar getting around problems. Yeah, we do. And so we're studying corridors, a wildlife corridor, to make sure that we can connect to the Santa Monica Mountains uh, na nature area all the way over to Griffith Park and have some of these corridors open for these wildlife wow. to pass And speaking of wildlife, do you agree that the city of Los Angeles is a squid? <laughs> I, I've never heard it described that way, but I get it. 
I get he gets it. it. He gets it. Uh, is walking part of the planning of, of the future of LA? Definitely. Yeah. So I, all these questions are about freeways, right? But definitely going forward, we are trying to kind of look at Los Angeles as a collection of neighborhoods where people can access kind of all the things they need, their schools, their grocery stores, their housing, as well as maybe their jobs uh, through either biking, walking, taking public transit, or driving their car as well, just, you know, putting options out there on the table. Yeah. And I understand you actually walked here tonight? Yeah, that's right. Sorry, he living lives that what he preaches. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Did you be... almost get run over four times? Because that's what happens every time I try to walk Oh, no, I'm that's like, tragic. don't hit me. No, we'll tell, tell well, that's why Ginny was giving away our secrets about those, those crosswalks and the trees. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just trying to make everything safer. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> well, well, I love talking about the city of L.A. And, uh, and I love playing games. So let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight. You heard the question that we asked of Jenny. We wanted to know a few different things about L.A.'s freeways. Uh, first, we asked Jenny, what was the first freeway built in L.A.? Helen, what did Jenny say? Jenny said the 110 freeway. And Dylan? Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. That's a point for Jenny. <laughs> oh, thank God. Not the 110 way. is also known by a couple different names. Yeah, it's the Pasadena Freeway, the Royal Sika Freeway, everything like that. It was one of the first freeways even in the entire western United States. Right. That's got, it's got those weird left exits on it. <laughs> it's, it's a very quick on-ramp. It's like playing double dutch with your life is Can basically I, what it is. Yeah, Can I make a suggestion? Can you consolidate the names for the freeways and just give them one name? One name. I do find it very confusing that they yes. have two to three names. I think it'd be really good if you just, just settle on one name. <laughs> That's you got to know all the references here in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> Harbor yeah. Freeway, that's also another name yeah. for it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of different names. What, what, are, what are the freeways called in, uh, in Canada, Scott? They're, just, uh, they're named after, like, royalty, like the Queen's Way or the King's Ooh. Way. Oh, they're, I'm sorry, this is America. I don't yeah. think yeah. we do that exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can uh, you just name them after, like, minor royalty? Like, don't you want to have a Meghan Markle <laughs> freeway? Uh, <laughs> no, we really. overthrew the crown. Yeah. We overthrew yeah. the crown. The Meghan Markle's backed up to Pasadena today. <laughs> uh, let's a go to sing this. alert on Meghan Markle. <laughs> yeah. please, I just not, can't please. get through the Meghan Markle. Next, we asked Jenny, what was the most recent freeway built in Los Angeles? Helen, what did Jenny say? Jenny said the 105 freeway. And Dylan Satig? Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. Another point for Jenny. It opened in uh, 1993. And uh, uh, that is the Century Freeway, as we, we also know. That's the one a lot of people uh, listening would know from the movie Speed. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so when it opened in 1993, kind of they spent the first month of it after it was completed to do some filming on there. And, yeah. To me, I think it would be nice to call it the Camilla Parker Bowles Freeway. <laughs> uh, just to say, it looks like a Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> Take a picture of it. It looks just like her. How CP's flattering frowning, for both. Just frowning constantly. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and you, it, seriously. Uh, and the, the 405 looks like Claire Foy. So <laughs> I would just call it the crown. So now you want it to be named after actors playing. Yes. British yes, Royalty. I do. Okay. Right. I can change. <laughs> you can. I, I'm, a, I'm not an urban planner. I just do it as, as a hobby. <laughs> and... <laughs> seriously. Poor Dylan is horrified. We're going to have to remove this <laughs> reference in our newsletter. And finally, we asked Jenny to name one of the freeways that was proposed by the Regional Planning Commission in 1947 but never built due to community opposition. Helen, what did Jenny say? Jenny said the 710 connector or extension. And Dylan? Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. <laughs> Jenny Yang, a three for three you in the cluster facts. You played This me. bumpy, fist pumping Jenny. Oh, uh, I did go to 
school for this. Oh, thank God! <laughs> Some of the other ones, of course, were uh, there was a Beverly Hills freeway, there was oh, a yeah. Laurel Canyon freeway, uh, an L.A. River freeway, and a, the Slauson freeway, the 90, was supposed to be a more proper uh, freeway as well. <laughs> uh, do you think we'll ever see another new freeway in L.A.? Because the, the Century Freeway, as you mentioned, was long ago and, and very, very expensive. Right. Yeah, the, definitely the 710 conversation ended very recently. Mm-hmm. And right now for the city of L.A., we, in 2016, we adopted a mobility plan, 2035 is what we call it. So it's looking forward to the year 2035. But it really prioritizes, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, mobility choices, kind of making sure that everyone uh, can have equal access to bo- biking, walking, mm-hmm. rolling, uh, as well as having their car taking public so transportation. Rolling. Yeah, like just that. today at Ciclavia, there are so many people on rollerblades. On rollerblades. Like, yeah, I want to drop some Molly. And, yeah, uh, please stay in your own lane, though, when you are dropping Molly. Uh, and um, uh, Jenny, is there anything else you'd like to ask of our city planner while we have him here? Um, thank you for doing what you do so I don't have to do it. <laughs> You're welcome, but I hope you get involved in your community plan update. Aww, Provide comments for us right. for the future. We all can do that. Yes. Dylan, if people want to find out more about you or what's going on at the LA City Planning Office, where can they go? Planning.lacity.org is our website. Also, we're on social media, planning the number 4LA. So that's planning 4LA. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. So we're constantly trying to get people engaged in their community plan update. You know, Provide us what your ideas are for the future of your city. Awesome. Well, we're certainly happy that we planned on having you. Dylan Satig, ladies and gentlemen. Dylan Satig. He's so good. He, right? he doesn't, he, doesn't he just warm your heart and yeah. makes you want to play does. Yeah. And our listeners can't hear, but he has an adorable little smile, yeah. too, when he talks. She was just yeah. darling. Yeah, save them cougars. I would take that freeway. What? <laughs> Helen, let's get a score recap at the end of that round. At the end of the round, Jenny Yang has six points, and Scott Thompson has one point with a round of questions coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Scott about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Scott and Jenny will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Is there a dog in a car at a bar on the street? Yay! I'm Allegra Ringo, a small dog owner. My dog Pistachio howls when she's excited. And I'm Renee Culvert, a big dog owner. My dog Tugboat tips over when he's sleepy. And we co-host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog that airs every Tuesday. We bring you all things dog. Yes, dog news, dog tech, dogs we met this week. We also have pretty famous guests on Butt Legs. We're not going to let them talk about their projects. No. Just want to hear about those dogs. We don't want to hear about your stuff, only your dogs. So join us every Tuesday on Max Fun. Go Fact Yourself is part of the Maximum Fun Jumbotron program. The Jumbotron program allows anyone to share their message on our podcast, just like the Jumbotron at the ballpark. It's a fun way to show your support for your favorite celebrity trivia podcast and get the word out about what you're up to. It's easy and cheap. Only $100 for a personal message or $200 for a promotional one. And your message will be read by Helen or me. A promotional message is one with any sort of promotional or commercial component to it. The cost is $200 and the character limit for your message is $500. Use your promotional message to advertise nonprofit organizations, independent entrepreneurs, Kickstarter projects, web comics, medical marijuana dispensaries, and any other business you'd like to promote. Medical marijuana dispensaries. Uh huh. A personal message is one without any promotional or commercial component to it. The cost is $100, and the character limit to your message is $350. What can you do in 350 characters? Wish a friend happy birthday. Congratulate a family member on a new job. Come out to your parents. Oh, please do that. What a great way to tell your parents. Uh, First, first you'd have to explain what a podcast is, maybe. My parents are Korean. 
Messages are scheduled on a first-come, first-served basis. Get more information and schedule your ad at MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Thank, Thank you, Jumbotron. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Jenny Yang with six points and Scott Thompson with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Helen. Even the, even the guests are applauding. That's such great, wonderful people. Uh, Scott Thompson, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about James Dean, yes. keeping up with the Kardashians, and condiments. Mm -hmm. Let's find out more about each of those. First, okay. you said you know a lot about James Dean. Yes. Tell us about your, uh, your interest and uh, knowledge in that subject. Well, it's, it's very say subject and not purient. Like just drunk. Uh, I was just obsessed with him as a kid. I just thought he was incredibly gorgeous. That's all. Uh, I just loved his... And I, I was in love with him before I saw any of his movies. Mm. And then when I saw Rebel Without a Cause, that was it. I was just... In. Yeah, he's a straight hottie. I just think... He, and also, I wanted to be an actor. I, I didn't want to be a comedian. I wanted to be a movie star. <laughs> I wanted to be like an actor-actor. And I wanted, um, I wanted to be like James Dean. And I just oh. wanted to be funny on talk shows. That was my goal. Uh-huh. Was he funny on talk shows? No, he didn't, he didn't. He never went on talk shows. He was like too, you know, into himself and all that sort of thing. <laughs> Just so sexy. Yeah? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I so mean, simple. you don't have to be funny on talk shows when your cheekbones look like that. When you look like that. Yeah, exactly. I realized, oh, I have to, I have to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You also said you know a lot about the show Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I do. I consider it an incredibly important television show. <laughs> Why is that? Well, I mean, it's not that I mean, I don't mean that it's like the greatest show on television, but from day one, I've been obsessed with it. The first time I saw it, I saw the very first show, the, the pilot, and I went, this is going to change the world. What? I don't know why, but it did. I, and I also think it's the greatest example of taking lemons and making lemonade. I mean, and I'm not even making like a pun, you know? I, I mean, <laughs> I just think it's, it's, it's interesting, but it's a fascinating prism to look at where we are today. Well, I'm looking forward to your speaking as passionately about your third topic, condiments. <laughs> oh, well, here's the thing. I really, I should have just said mustard. Because it's, <laughs> it's really just mustard. I can't even, when I talk about mustard, I get teary. Oh. Jenny, Jenny knows. Wow. Jenny knows. Before, when we were talking about mustard, I got a little bit teary about it. You look like it. you're getting emotional. Why I, is that? Here's, I just admire it so much. <laughs> because here's the thing, right? <laughs> Here we have this condiment, right? This, especially like a, a classic French's yellow mustard, Delicious. right? Delicious. You know, it, it's so unpretentious. It's, on, it's so ubiquitous. Like, you need it for hot dogs. It just, hot dogs cannot survive without it. And here it is, this lovely condiment that, has, that never advertises the fact that it's zero calories. <laughs> In this day and age, for a yeah. condiment to be so confident, it's like, honey, I don't even need to tell you that I have zero calories. <laughs> I don't even need, like, you know what I mean? Mayonnaise and ketchup and sriracha. Yeah. They're all like, look at me, look at me. <laughs> but mustard's just like, I'm always going to be here. I'm never going to put a pound on, and I will always be super tasty. So back off, Miracle Whip. If I didn't think you could do it, but you you did it. You were if, able to speak as passionately and if, knowledgeably about condiments. If I could one day find a life partner yeah. that's who right. would talk about me half as eloquently that's as right. you talked about French's yellow mustard. Yeah. Ladies, find a fella who wow. looks at you the way Scott Thompson looks at French's yellow mustard. Well, Scott, to summarize, you said you know a lot about James Dean, keeping up with the Kardashians, and condiments. Today we're going to quiz you about... James Dean. Oh, 
okay, okay. Although if I had known you were so passionate about mustard, I might have chosen well, that. Thing, my passion for James Dean, I can speak, but it's, you don't want to hear it. It's, All right, well, <laughs> let's start with this. What, so what, what, what is your favorite of the James Dean movies? Oh, Rebel Without a Cause. Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. And uh, what's, the, what's the last time that you watched a James Dean movie? Uh, probably about four years ago I watched okay. it. Every time it's on television, I watch it. And do you enjoy the, his other films? Yes. There's only three I real know. movies. That's, that's, that's <laughs> interesting. I, mean, I even watched some of his television work. You can get the television work now. Cool. But every movie he made was, a, was, to me, a special film. Have you yeah. visited any of the historical sites? Some of them are in, uh, in the L.A. area that are celebrating James Dean? N- no. Well, the other day I went to the Automotive Museum mm-hmm. and I saw a spider, which is the car that he was killed in. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the actual one because it's, yeah. it's, it's not really drivable any longer. Uh, but um, Dark. It's dark. Yeah. It is dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll try to stay uh, on the uh, the not dark tip. But Scott, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic to test your mastery in the subject with our expert level questions worth up to three points. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions about James Dean, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for okay. these five questions. Now, Jenny, do listen closely because you can steal if Scott gets any wrong. Jenny, by the way, how much do you know about James Dean? Nothing. <laughs> All right, Scott, it sounds like it's your game to lose. Here we go. <laughs> Question number one, I have a feeling you're going to get this. Dean's most famous role was as a good-looking jerk who plays by his own rules in a film that co-starred Natalie Wood, Sal Mineo, and Jim Backus. What was the name of that movie? That would be Rebel Without a Cause. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct, of course. Uh, fun fact, Jim Backus would go on to voice Mr. Magoo and play Thurston Howell III on Gilligan's Island. Yeah. And he gives wow. a great performance in that movie as the yeah. father, yeah. Yes. All right, question number two. What future politician starred on TV with Dean in the General Electric Theater production of The Dark, Dark Hours? Ronald Reagan. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> Apparently, he did not care for James Dean's acting style because he would tend to improvise, and Ronald Reagan was, was uh, much more by the book. Uh, question number three. Again, I think you're going to get this one. James Dean died young, killed in a car accident at age 24. What kind of car was he driving? <laughs> he was driving a spider. Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. It was a Porsche 550 spider convertible. You are three for three. Here's question number four. Dean received the first ever posthumous Academy Award acting nomination for Best Actor in a Leading Role of 1955 for which film? Giant. Helen? That is not correct. Incorrect. Jenny with a chance to steal. Oh. Giant rebel with causes. (laughs) Helen? Not correct. No, but a very interesting (laughs) guess. No, I think that's if you splice the movies together, you end up with that one. No, it was East of Eden. It was uh, East of Eden. I did not know that he now, was not. I yeah, what's that. interesting, he actually was nominated posthumously again the next year for Giants. Oh, But okay. East of Eden came uh, first in 1955. Okay. Uh, fun fact, he lost to Ernest Borgnine for Marty. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, let's see if you can bounce back with question number five. Even though Dean only completed three films, two actors co-starred with him in two of them, Rebel Without a Cause and Giant. Name the actors. Oh. You do have a hint available if you wait, like. Wait, wait. So, 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 two. They were in Giant and Rebel. Right. Two actors were in Giant and Rebel without a cause with him. Were they? Oh, really? Okay, I need a, a clue. Helen, how about that hint? One of their names was mentioned in a previous question. Not about city planning. About. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 Salminio. And the other. Uh, um. What, there's two? There's two. Oh, um, and uh, oh, Natalie Wood. And Natalie Wood. Helen? That is not correct. Not correct. Jenny with a chance to steal. Thurston Howell III. <laughs> and? Gilligan. <laughs> is it Helen? Vin- Vincent Massey? Not correct. No, Sal Minio was correct. The other was Dennis Hopper. 
Uh, Dennis Hopper was in both of those movies. That was a tough giant. one. I didn't know he was in Giant. Yeah, he was. Okay. Uh, all right, you did pretty well in that, but now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Okay. <laughs> that was the longest we've had so and far. The, I like it. And the loudest. Yeah, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response, so the correct answer is worth up to three points. Here we go. Scott, Dean, of course, is known for being a movie legend, but before he hit the big screen, he hit the small screen. So for up to three points, for what soft drink did James Dean do a TV commercial, his first on-screen appearance? What holiday was celebrated in the TV movie Hill Number no. 1, his first speaking role? And what TV game show was Dean a stunt tester for? These are tough. Okay. Take them one These at a time. So what's the, like, first, what's what? the first one again? The first question was, for what soft drink did James Dean do a TV commercial, his first on-screen appearance? Coca-Cola. Okay. Then the next is, what holiday was celebrated in the TV movie Hill Number no. 1, his first speaking role? Thanksgiving. Okay. And then finally, what TV game show was Dean a stunt tester for? The, the, uh, the Colgate Palm Olive Hour. Okay, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have? Here with us tonight via Skype from his home in Valley Village, California, is a film historian and writer whose books include The Real James Dean, Intimate Memories from Those Who Knew Him Best. It's Peter Winkler. Peter Winkler. <laughs> Mr. Winkler, are you there? Yes, I am. Excellent. It's wonderful to talk with you. Now, I, I should say that uh, you actually had hoped to be here with us in person, but your, your appendix did not agree. <gasps> no, I just barely dragged myself out of the hospital to delight you with my presence Excellent. Here. Well, thank you for, for calling us from your sick bed. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, why did you want to write a book on James Dean? Oh, well, I love James Dean as much as uh, Scott and millions of other fans. He's a... Um, Beautiful presence on the film. Absolutely. Now, uh, your book is called The Real James Dean, Intimate Memories from Those Who Knew Him Best. Who were the people who knew him best? Oh, well, his uh, family, his friends, uh, his Hollywood colleagues like um, the directors, uh, Nick Ray, George Stevens, Elia Kazan, his co-stars, his lovers, um, uh, girlfriends, and some men. And uh, they all, over the years, uh, wrote about him uh, in articles, uh, in their memoirs, or they gave uh, recollections to interviewers. And I've compiled all that in the uh, real James Dean. Great. And uh, what did you discover that you didn't know about James Dean going into the project? Oh, well, uh, many things. Uh, he could barely read. He had severe dyslexia. He really um, came out of high school. He didn't have... Uh, much formal education beyond that. He did attend college, but the only thing he was interested in college was theater arts. And he also attended UCLA. Well, yes, he did attend well, UCLA. Excellent. As, I, as did I. As did you, as did Jenny, as Go did everybody. Go Bruins, apparently. <laughs> you also wrote another book about someone that we spoke of just a minute ago, Dennis Hopper. Yes, I wrote the first biography, and it's still the first comprehensive biography of Dennis Hopper, uh, that was published uh, soon after his death, uh, which I'm very proud of, and people can find that uh, currently available as well. 
And now Scott didn't uh, remember that Hopper was also in Giant. What was his role in that? Uh, he played Jordan Benedict III. He is the son of uh, the Rock Hudson and Elizabeth uh, Taylor characters. And uh, what was their relationship like? Uh, they did these two movies together. Did they know each other off screen as well? Uh, Hopper had a kind of, as he said, uh, established a kind of student-teacher relationship with Dean because when he watched Dean uh, act, um, he was so taken by Dean's technique that uh, he had to, to find out how, D how Dean managed to do it. What did Dean bring to a, a, a movie set that other actors weren't used to encountering? Oh, well, he had unusual types of preparation. He would run, run around the set uh, shrieking and flapping his arms, or he would uh, grab a 50-foot ladder, go up and down it, uh, or in some case... Um, during one scene, he was um, locked in his trailer for an hour, drinking wine to get drunk uh, and playing the uh, Ride of the Valkyries on his phonograph. Then he came out and he did the scene in one take. Did he ever throw any donuts at people? Uh, no, not that I okay. know of. <laughs> he would have if he, he was alive today. Genius. <laughs> Didn't he do one scene where he, the scene um, on the Ferris wheel in East of Eden, where he didn't pee for hours and oh, hours? That's, that's right. He held it in because... He thought it would make him more fidgety, and actually, and then in Giant, I forgot, he did a scene, um, his first scene with Elizabeth Taylor, he tried the same technique, and when it didn't work, he, um, well, he went and uh, urinated in front of the crowd who were assembled uh, on location, then he went <clears throat> then he went back and he did that one in one take. So, what about those famous photographs? You know, the ones with him in the in the tree, naked with the. Yeah, that's, that was debunked. That's not the. No, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> that's him. Sorry, don't, Scott. It has. To, it'll be him for me. Yeah, don't it's burst him. our bubbles here. Yeah. All right, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the questions that we asked of Scott wanting to know about James Dean television work. Uh, let's remind everyone of the answers that Scott gave. First, Helen, we asked Scott what was the soft drink that James Dean did a TV commercial for, his first on-screen appearance. Helen, what did Scott say? Scott said Coca-Cola. And uh, Mr. Winkler? No, that's incorrect. It was Pepsi-Cola. Ah, uh, no Coke-Pepsi. Oh. <laughs> Pepsi. Uh, what do you know about that, that commercial and, and him shooting that for Pepsi? It was a uh, filmed in two days in Griffith Park, where the observatory is, which of course later figured in Rebel Without a Cause. And there were a bunch of other young actors there, including Nick Adams, who was in Rebel Without a Cause. They got paid $50 per day. Wow. wow. Hollywood, huh? Pretty uh, similar to current rates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although now we, get a, now we get a snack, too, I think. Um, all right, no point there for Scott. Let's go to the second question of the Cluster Fact. We wanted to know what holiday was celebrated in the TV movie Hill Number no. 1, Dean's first speaking role. Helen, what did Scott say? Scott said Thanksgiving. And Mr. Winkler? I'm sorry, it was Easter. Oh, so what? close, so close. Uh, is that a movie that, that's available for people to see? You can see it probably on YouTube, but it's also commercially available. That was his first television, full television appearance. Wow. Uh, and then finally wanted to know what TV game show was Dean a stunt tester for? Helen, what did Scott say? Scott said the Colgate Palmolive Hour. And Mr. Winkler? I hope I won't make Scott shed tears, but it was Beat the Clock. Oh, oh Beat the Beat Clock, the clock okay. had stunts on it. How did, how did he get that gig? I always thought that was a rumor, and that really is true that he worked on that show. He did. It was one of those little pickup jobs. Uh, he may have gotten it through one of his New York connections. Uh, he, he was uh, chosen because he was so athletic that it was very easy for him to uh, perform the stunts. 
Oh, really? So he would give them really not an accurate uh, version of how a, a civilian or contestant would do it because he would do them so well because he was so athletic? Yes, he did them <laughs> so well that the producers sometimes worried that the, no, none of the contestants would be able to match his performance. That's hilarious. Uh, uh, Scott, is there anything else that you'd like to ask of uh, Mr. Winkler while we have our expert here? Um, are you sure about that picture in the tree? <laughs> Because I've had that for a long time, and yeah, I was going to retire yes. on that picture. All right. Sorry about that, Scott. Uh, Mr. Winkler, it's wonderful to talk with you. If people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they find your books? Okay. You can find the books at Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, and I have a, a personal Facebook page and a Facebook page for the real James Dean and also for the um, Dennis Hopper, The Wild Ride of a Hollywood Rebel. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us, especially in your condition. We really appreciate your hero. Peter Winkler, ladies and gentlemen. Peter Winkler. Thank you very much. Uh, Helen, let's get a score recap as we head into our final round. At the end of that round, Jenny Yang has six points and Scott Thompson has five points. And now it is time for our final round. We call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Jenny and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Jenny, the Recording Industry Association of America tracks album sales and certifies gold records. True. Correct. Scott, a platinum record signifies more album sales than a gold record. True. Correct. That's right. It's 1 million versus 500,000. Jenny, a diamond record signifies more album sales than a platinum record. False. Incorrect. No, it signifies 10 million album sales. Scott, a titanium record signifies more album sales than a diamond record. False. Correct. Yeah, I just made that up. Jenny, the first gold album certification was awarded to a movie soundtrack album. True. Correct. Scott, it was the soundtrack album of Guys and Dolls. True. Incorrect. No, it was Oklahoma. Jenny, the Beatles have more gold records than any other artist. False. Correct. That's right. It's Elvis Presley. Scott, the Beatles have the second most gold records than any other artist. False. Correct. That's right. It's Barbara Streisand. <laughs> That's true. Jenny, there are gold and platinum certifications for sales of telephone ringtones. False. Incorrect. No, there really are. Scott, the all-time best-selling ringtone is Lil Wayne's Lollipop. False. Incorrect. No, it's true. Wow. And finally, really? Jenny, the second best-selling ringtone is the theme from Go Fact Yourself. False. Jeez, you don't have to be so sure about it. Let's give a nice hand to both Scott Thompson and Jenny Yang. That last one was just for fun. We're not counting that. What a game from both of you. Helen, are you ready to announce the final score at the end of tonight's game? I am at the end of the game. Jenny Yang has nine points and Scott Thompson has eight points. Congratulations, Jenny Yang won a very close game. Jenny, you are the facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. You seem as surprised as anyone. Yes. What will you do with your championship? I don't know. Uh... I'm going to announce it on social media. Oh, we like that. Uh, speaking of social media, let's give everyone uh, on the table here a chance to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Jenny, what do you have going on, and where can people find you? Well, you can always find me at JennyYang.tv and on Twitter and Instagram at JennyYangTV. And as always, watch uh, Busy Tonight, Sunday through Wednesdays on E! Jenny Yang, ladies and gentlemen. Scott Thompson, where can people find you and your work? Uh, you can find me at Scott Thompson underscore on Twitter and uh, Instagram, but I, I've let it go. Uh, <laughs> I've abandoned it. 
<laughs> um, oh, maybe I'll come back. Uh, and I'm touring a show called Le Pre Le Deluge, the Buddy Cole show. I'll be starting it up again in the new year. And I'm doing stand-up uh, a lot. Look out for Scott Thompson. What a pleasure to have you here, sir. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your co-host is the lovely, the talented, the funny, the jaw-hurdy Helen Hong. So much hurdy jaw. You can follow me on all the social medias at Funny Helen Hong, and you can find my performance calendar on my website, HelenHong.com. Helen Hong, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith and on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Scott Thompson, Jenny Yang, Jillian Satig, Peter Winkler, Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Wim Wallace did. He, she, or they said, I find the podcast informative and entertaining. Or as I like to say, infotaining. We like to say it too. Thanks, Wim Wallace. Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Dave Polano, Lauren Alba, Spencer Marks, Leora Saul, Dave Bianchi, Hal Miller, and Christine Vallada. I'm Helen Hong. Hey, it's Jay Keith again. Make sure to tune into our next episode with guest Sashir Zameda. One time in either middle school or high school, I left my purse, came yeah. back, and someone like opened my purse, dismantled my phone. It was like no. one of those Nokia things where you could take the battery off. And what? Yeah, and nothing like important got stolen. But I was like, "Bitch, don't trust people." <laughs> and Sam Levine. I was introduced to uh, the Die Hard franchise over the 4th of July weekend of 1990. Wait, but, are uh, those movies appropriate for eight-year-olds? Oh, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> That's all here on Go Fact Yourself, every first and third Friday here at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.